airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we've got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Good afternoon. This is Erin Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison. And man, this is Wednesdays. Wednesdays with Will. <laughs> so we have another episode of Wednesdays with Will. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. I just want to give a, a little report about the date night that we had last night in Florence, Alabama. Uh, it was just an awesome time. Awesome time to get together with couples. And I tell you, you know what we talked about, the, the, the fellowship time, the things that were going on. Man, only the Spirit of God really knows all that was accomplished uh, in that date night. And so I, I, I can just tell you from my standpoint, being able to see uh, couples come together and want to celebrate marriage is an awesome thing. It's an awesome thing. Uh, the Lord laid on my heart, and it was, kind of, it was kind of funny, because that morning I, I had already had stuff prepared to talk about, um, and it was similar to what I was going to speak about on the date night, um, the first one we did in February. But... The Lord was really impressing upon my heart that there was something else that I need to look into something else and, and that, that God wanted me to go a different way. And so I did. So I started taking down notes. I started studying. I started writing some things down. And the topic that he wanted uh, me to speak on for my portion, because the way that it goes, you know, we, we have a lot of fun. We have a, a, a like a game show thing that we do. You know, we get, do giveaways and things like that. And then in the second portion, uh, I will speak and, and Miki will speak. And so for my portion, um, the Lord was just really stirring my heart to really uh, speak to the men that your personal purity is security for, for your wife. Your personal purity is security for your wife. And we know that uh, for women, to be secure is, a, is like high on the list, that they will feel a sense of security in the marriage. And a lot of times when we, when we think about security, we think about, okay, I put a roof over your head, you know, uh, the bills are paid, we got food, uh, I'm taking care of the, 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 the kids, you know, I'm there as a present father. But, man, a lot of times we don't think about our personal purity as being security as well, that when we are pure uh, in our thought lives and what we're watching you know, all those things that it also brings about a security for our wives. And so the, the Lord really had me drive home. And it, it, that's, that's not something that's easy to talk about, but just drive home how important it is for our personal uh, purity as men, you know, to be the security for our wives, that they know that when we're out, we're not looking at this. We're not, you know, watching these women, or, you know, just stepping out of bounds of the marriage, having these thoughts and, and things like that. It, it brings about security for our wives. And so I think it, it, it really ministered to people. And Miki, man, she shared about uh, the woman being a helper and how, you know, the, that word is even spoken of God. 
as, as, as a helper in time of need. And so how important the role of the wife is being a helper. And so, man, it was just an awesome time. Uh, just saw some some people that came to the first one, came to the second one. Not not a whole lot, but there there's there some overlap because there was actually a, a couple couples that came to the Tupelo event uh, that were f- uh, from Florence, and so they came uh, to that one as well. And it was just an awesome time, man. Um, so we're gonna schedule to have more events like this uh, in the future. Uh, just stay tuned to MarriageFamilyLife.net, MarriageFamilyLife.net. And we'll be announcing when we when we do another one, but man, we have to be on the forefront as as Christians standing up for biblical marriage, standing up for our families, and and doing what it takes because it's not easy, it's not easy work. Like being married is not uh, a easy thing. Like it takes work, it takes compromise, it takes prayer, it takes you know all those things. We can't just it, it, you can't put it on cruise control and say I'm gonna be all right in my marriage. We have to work at it. And God has given us biblical prescription for successful marriages if we will only follow what the word says. And so it's just a great time. And, um, you know, even our conferences, the Marriage Family Life Conference, we want to use those to strengthen marriages, you know, to, to inform about different issues and things like that. But overall, man, how can we help families uh, uh, strengthen their marriages? How can we be a booster shot? How can we be, you know, uh, uh, just used by God, you know, with the resources that we have uh, as AFA and as ministry here to be able to help marriages, to help families, to educate on what's going on. And so that's a huge purpose of what we're doing with special initiatives uh, in marriage, family life. And so it's just a blessing. It's a blessing uh, to be able to do this, you know, because this is our heartbeat for, for myself and for Miki, that we really see ourselves as being ones that are able to help encourage marriages and, and, and families and and really you know by God using what we've been through and and how God has, has used us to you know speak about uh, raising our kids and kind of looking out for those things that would try to impede upon the family we want to take what uh, he's showing us and be able to give to others and we are not saying that we have the corner market on any of this stuff but man what God has given us we desire to give uh, to others and so it was just a great event. It was a great event, and uh, I'm always encouraged by what the Lord is doing. And even seeing some uh, testimonies from uh, from last night, uh, it just it shows me if there's one or two families that say, "Man, this was really instrumental for our marriage." Man, it's all worth it. And so praise God for that. So today uh, we have a a topic that I want to discuss, um, and it's really just an encouragement and a reminder. For us who are in Christ, you know, if you're listening and you are a believer uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he's your Savior, he's your Lord and Savior, that you have uh, given your life to him. There are some things that we should grab hold to and understand because this world around us is constantly pressing in on us. Constantly, uh, there's uh, there's a push and a pull of the world to, to be like the world or to submit to the tenets of the world. But, man, we are to stand strong in who we are in God and on his word. And so, so today I want to look at just a few things. And, again, this is, you know, Wednesdays with Will. It's a little different shift. You know, I'm, I'm more of a, uh, I guess, a preachy type person. So it, it will feel more like that. Um, 
rather than just, you know, uh, maybe reading a story and stuff like that. And we can do that from time to time. But I just have some things that I would love to really encourage the body of Christ with. And, um, and also, I just want to say this. On our Wednesdays, too, I'm looking forward to have some great guests that's going to be a part of the show. On Wednesdays, I have one particular guest in mind who I'm going to reach out to, and we're going to be able to talk about some of the things that's going on uh, just from a Christian perspective and how we, we are supposed to look at what's happening in our world today. But today, I just want to start off with, we, so I do a weekly Bible study with my brother J-Mac over here, uh, my, my son J.D., and also another brother, Gabriel, uh, at our church. And um, we have been looking at the book of First John. And, man, it's just been powerful to really study through that. And so this past week, we were looking at First uh, John, and we were in chapter 2. And there were some key words describing Jesus uh, that caused me to pause, you know. And the, the thing with me is when I begin to read something or, or study something, usually I, I re, I'm reading something, and then I'll get to a certain thing that really sticks out, you know, from the pages, and it's like, okay, stop here. You need to stop here and, and, and read and study and really get all that I want you to get out of this. And so in, in, in the book of uh, in 1 John, there were some key words that described Jesus that caused me to pause. And, and, I, and I want to look at these words. And so it was all about who Jesus is to us and, and what he's provided for us. And we have to understand that we are always victorious in Christ, that no matter what happens, no matter what may come our way, no matter if we may feel a certain way, really the outcome is that we are victorious in Christ. Yes, we will have bad days. We'll have temptations. We'll have tough times. But the reality is that we are always victors in Christ. That's our position. That's our spiritual position. Our condition, sometimes we may feel a different way, but we are always victorious. So Jesus for us, Jesus for us is our Savior. He's our Savior. And the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We all know this. Sometimes we breeze by this scripture. But if you really sit down and look at it, God gave his very best. He gave his son so that we may have eternal life. We who are enemies of God, enemies of God, that Christ came and died for us. John 3.16. In Luke chapter 19, verse 10, of God being our Savior, the, the, the scripture says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And that's all of us. That's none of us that were born uh, Christians. That's none of us that were born again from the womb. <laughs> and so Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. And so we have benefited from what Christ has done on the cross. And man, it's a powerful thing that when we consider that Christ for us is our Savior, that he has taken us from a, a domain of darkness that we once resided in, and now we're in the kingdom of his dear son. We should never forget that. And when we're going through hard times, we're going through situations, never forget of Christ being our Savior. And I think, you know, for some that may listen to this, you may say, man, that's, that's simple. 
But, man, it's the simple things that we don't get. It's those things that we say, man, I grew up knowing this scripture, reciting this scripture that we don't really apply to our lives. We don't live like we know this stuff. And so when things happen, we forget that we have a Savior, that we are victorious in Christ. And it's, it's a feature of being uh, human. You know, we're living in this flesh, this world around us, like I said before, pressing in upon us. But, man, while that's happening, we need to understand who we are in Christ. Christ is our Savior. Jesus Christ for us, he's also our high priest. And, man, this is a scripture that I've been clinging to for the past uh, few, few weeks. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16, it says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, <laughs> but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, because of all of that, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Look, y'all. When we understand that we are in Christ, that he's our savior, that he's our high priest, when we find ourselves in places that we need him, we don't run the other way. We run towards him. It says, therefore, let us draw near with confidence, not confidence in our flesh and who we are, but confidence in him being our high priest and our savior. A lot of times when things happen, we try to figure out our own way of doing things. And we mess stuff up even more. Man, but this scripture is saying, man, we have a high priest who can sympathize with our weaknesses, who understand every part of us, went through all kinds of stuff, yet without sin, all kind of temptation, but without sin. And because he was able to do that, we now can go and draw near to him with confidence and receive grace and mercy and find help in a time of need. This is who Jesus is for us. I'm just trying to encourage the body. Look, when you're feeling down, when you're feeling a certain way, man, go to the high priest. Understand that he's there for us, that he has uh, experienced every temptation that you can experience and without sin. We're going to continue with this. This is Jesus, who Jesus is for us. This is Aaron Addison's here on Wednesdays with Will. We'll be right back. Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison, and you're tuning in right now to Wednesdays with Will. I uh, appreciate you listening. Uh, this is something that we're doing because we're being a little strategic with our time. There's some things that uh, Miki is working on, and look, you're going to reap the benefits of it, I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> um, but while she takes time on Wednesdays, because she's still working, she's still doing stuff at this time, 
it's not the show on, on today. But, uh, you know, so it's in my hands. And I, and I pray to God that, uh, that he helps me communicate uh, his heart to his people, his heart to his people. Today we've been talking about who Jesus is for us. And we talked about how Jesus is our Savior. We went through John 3.16 and also Luke 19.10. Uh, we also just talked about how Jesus is our high priest. Man, this is a scripture that grips me because we all find ourselves in times of need. You right now who may be listening, you may be in that uh, situation right now where you're like, man, I'm in a time of need. I'm being tested. I'm being tempted. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16, but we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, meaning because of all of that, because of that, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I was saying before, a lot of times when we get in a time of need, we want to go away from God. You know, whether it's because we feel ashamed or we feel like, man, maybe I'm just not a Christian. You know, the enemy really starts to play with our minds and, and give us these thoughts like, oh, you're not real. You know, you, you, you haven't been born again. You're not. Look at you. Look at the things that you are doing. Those are the times if you're in Christ, you draw near with confidence uh, to the throne of grace, to the throne of grace. Man, I just love how uh, how that is put so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. So don't run away from the throne of grace when you're in a tough situation, when you're being tempted. Run to it. Run to it. Run to God. Run to God. And he's there, and he can sympathize with our weaknesses. He's our high priest. Next, I want to look at Jesus Christ, who he is for us. He's our elder brother. He's our elder brother. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 11 through 15, for both he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified are all from one father, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will proclaim your name to my brethren in the midst of the congregation. I will sing your praise. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children whom God has given me. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same, that through debt he might render powerless him who had the power of debt, that is, the devil, and might free those who through fear of debt were subject to slavery all their lives. He's our elder brother. He's the one that sanctifies. He's a part he, for both he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified. So he sanctifies us, and we are the ones that are being sanctified. We are of one family in God. We are brothers. You know, Jesus Christ is our elder brother. We have him uh, with, with us in our corner defending us. You know, when the enemy is out there accusing us and saying this and saying that, we also have Jesus right here interceding for us. And then I'll get to that uh, a little later. But, man, we are victorious in him. We are victorious in him. Look, the thing is, we have to listen to what the word says about where we are and who we are and not what our minds tell us and not what, you know, other the world tells us. We need to understand that we need to listen to what the word says. 
in Romans chapter 8, verse 29, said, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. Jesus Christ is the firstborn among many brethren. We are family. <laughs> we are family. So our elder brother who went before us, died on the cross for our sins and rose again, that we may have eternal life, that we may be justified. We can go to him because he's our high priest. He's our elder brother. He's our savior. Look, with all of this on our side, how can we lose? How can we lose? How can we lose? We, we are victorious in him. I'm going to go even further. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 15, through seven, 15 and 17, uh, for you have not received a, a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. This is a family thing. He's our elder brother. We are uh, heirs of God, and we are joint heirs or co-heirs with Christ. And so, man, if we're in the family of God, if we have been uh, adopted as sons, if we can cry out, Abba, Daddy, Father, if we are children of the Most High God, if we are heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, how can we lose? Show, show me where the defeat is on our, on our side, on this side. If we are in Christ and we hit, we hit situations head on, understanding who we are, that's why it's so crazy for me to put any type of other, other identification above being in Christ. Why would I do that? Why would I put the, the fact that, you know, I'm a black man before being a Christian man? Why would I put, you know, being a father before being a Christian father? I'm a Christian first. I'm in Christ. I'm part of a family. I'm part of a, a, a group of individuals who are blood bought. And so because of that distinction, that is what separates me, not anything else. And so he is our elder brother. Jesus Christ, who is he for us? He's our mediator. He's our mediator. For there is one God and one mediator also between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, the testimony given at the proper time. Man, he's our mediator. He's the one that is the go-between. He has stepped in on behalf of us. And so we can be confident that he is is, is, is on our side. He is uh, uh, on our behalf petitioning the Father. He's our mediator. For there is one God and one mediator also between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. That should bring a, a, a sense of confidence, a sense of confidence uh, as we walk this thing out, knowing that we have a mediator who is Christ Jesus. He's the same one who's the high priest. He's the same one who's our savior. He's the same one who's our elder brother, the same one. And so we can lean and depend on, on him. Who is Jesus for us? Who is Jesus for us? And I hope that while I'm going through these different things, 
that right now you're being stirred up to believe the God that you serve, that you're being stirred up to say, man, look, I have confidence that I can go to God, you know, when I'm in time of need. I have confidence of who I am in Christ. I have confidence and understanding that although things are going to come up against me, man, I have all of this that, that's on my side. Actually, I'm on this side. <laughs> I'm on God's side. And because of that, you know, there's no defeat. There's no defeat. So when my mind tries to uh, go into a place of, of being defeated, you know, when my thoughts are not acting right, man, they have to line up to what the Scripture says. Jesus Christ is our advocate. He's our advocate. And this was the scripture that really kind of set all of this off for me as I began to look uh, at um, the things that, that Jesus has provided, that God has provided for us. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, it says, My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Jesus Christ, the righteous, an advocate. Man, that's a powerful, powerful demonstration of someone who would go in on our behalf and, and, and fight for us, would plead for us. An advocate, an advocate, a friend of the accused who voluntarily steps in and personally urge the judge to decide in his favor. Man. You know, I, I read an illustration um, to the guys, and it was just a courtroom setting. And probably you, you guys probably heard this so many times or something like it. But, man, the courtroom setting, the judge is God, Jesus Christ. You know, he's our advocate, and we are standing there accused. And the, the, the sentence is passed, and we deserve that. We deserve that. Like the judgment is passed. The, the full wrath of God is to be poured out upon us. That's the penalty. And so that's the sentence. But our advocate, the one who is our friend, who's our elder brother, who's our savior, <laughs> who's our high priest, he's the one that steps in personally to urge the judge to decide in his favor. He, he steps in and said, look, this person, yes, Will Addison deserves that. The, the full wrath. It should be poured out upon him. But hold on. But wait a minute. Before that would happen, he's mine. He has trusted in me. He is justified because of uh, a belief in me and my finished work. And so Jesus advocates. He's like, he's mine. And so even though I'm supposed to get this full judgment, this rat poured out on me, Jesus Christ, my advocate, stands there and on my behalf, my, my behalf, he fights for me. And the judge, the father says, this is a sentence, but my son has paid the price. He has paid the price. And because of this, I release him to you, to, to you, to Jesus. He is yours. We are covered by the blood. And so the thing is, if you're out there and you're like, man, I don't know where I stand with God. Man, I have no clue. Man, this is a day as you're hearing this, as you're hearing this to get right with God. Look, you don't have to go walk down an aisle to be saved. You don't have to be in a certain context to cry out to God on, be, on you know, for, because of your sins and say, man, I'm done with this old way of living. 
this old way of thinking. I want to be right. I, re I repent for my sins. I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, and I, I desire today uh, uh, to be set free and to be a Christian and to, to, to walk in a way that, that, that you would have me to walk. You can cry out for yourself. There's no need for an altar call or anything like that. My dad passed away. He told me uh, it, was, it was in the it was 1970s, and it seemed like in the 1970s a lot of things were happening. Like a lot of people got saved. Like there was these, these movements going on. I, I believe there were revivals happening in America. My dad told me that he was in his apartment room, and he was on his knees crying. And he began to say the Lord's Prayer like he never said it before, and he began to repent for his sins. And he said right there in his apartment, Nobody else around, no pastor, no preacher, no evangelist. He was there by himself. He gave his heart to God. He asked God to save him from that day on. And at that point, him and my mom were separated. I was a baby. God told him, go get your family. God told him, go get your family. He got my mom and, and, and me. And I see, I wouldn't have never known that if he wouldn't have told me because all I knew were my parents together. But God intervened. He's the advocate. God intervened on, on, on behalf, you know, of, of my dad. My dad cried out, and, and Jesus Christ, man, saved him, saved him. So much so that God told him to go get your family, and, man, God set everything in order. I'm here today because I, have a God, I had a godly father. I'm here today because, because Jesus reached, he reached down into that apartment room where my dad was on his way to hell. And grabbed him and said, no, not this one, not this one. And because of that, because of that legacy, man, me, my sister, my mom, it changed our whole dynamic. You can be that today in your family. You don't have to, you don't have, to have the, the, the things that may go on in, in, in family, you know, the generational things happening. You could be the one that God used to break all of that stuff. He's our advocate. He's our advocate. All right. Jesus, who is he for us? He's our propitiation. That's a big word. He's our propitiation. He's the atoning sacrifice for us. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 2, and he himself is our propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. He's the one that's our propitiation. See, the idea of the propitiation um, from the, the Greek context was that a propitiation was a gift presented to the gods, lower G, to turn away the, their displeasure, you know, from, from the people. So the gods would be pleased. So they gave them this gift, this propitiation. They thought that this would be a bribe in order for them uh, to get a favor from the gods. But for us as Christians, man, check this out. For us as Christians, God gave himself in the form of Jesus Christ. God gave himself. God, for the payment of our sins, God gave himself. Man, it's a powerful thing. When we come back, we're going to talk more about who Jesus Christ is for us. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will. We'll be right back.
This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. Uh, this is Will Addison, and uh, you're tuning in right now to Wednesdays with Will. We've been talking about uh, Christ, Jesus Christ, what he is for us. And, man, you know, we just talked about him being our propitiation and how, you know, the world's view or the pagan view is that the man, you know, the people have to give this gift to the gods, <laughs> in order to appease the gods. But the Christian, man, Jesus gave himself. He's the gift. You know, they will say, well, y'all, that's backwards. No, God himself gave the gift of himself. <laughs> that's the powerful thing right there. And, and that gift, you know, has been applied to our lives as we repent, you know, and get forgiveness for our sins. And, and so he's our atoning sacrifice he's the one that has atoned has taken away our sins you know and some people get stuck even on that scripture where at the end i've heard there's been whole doctrines that have been created because it said but also for the whole world and say that ah, see everybody's saved no no doesn't mean that everybody's just automatically saved god draws the father draws for salvation right and then you know, we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. There's a there's a, a, a interaction that happens there. It's not I'm born into this world and I'm saved already. No, I'm I confess. You know that my sins and I, I I repent before a holy God. You know, and I receive the salvation from from God. Everybody who's in this world is not a child of God. God created everyone. Everyone is made in His image, but everyone is not in the family. And see, we sometimes we get that mistaken. You know. We all, everybody's not in the family of God. Those who have submitted to Christ, those who have given their lives, their lives and their hearts to, to God are in the family of God. Those in which, you know, Christ is Lord and Savior, not just for this whole world, people who have not submitted at all to God, they're not in the, they're not in the family. Anyway, that's a side note to, to Jesus being our propitiation. He's also our liberator. He's also our, our liberator. We'll talk about that. I guess I can open the phone lines, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. If you have uh, something that you want to chime in on and talk to me about, uh, I just don't want Sherry B over there. You know what I'm She's like, on Wednesdays, I don't even I want to do nothing. <laughs> no, no we go, if you want to talk to me, if you want to discuss who Jesus Christ is for us, um, I'm I'm totally open uh, to some calls, and so if you want to chime in, 888-589-8840. But I'm going to continue on with this. Um, so he's our propitiation. Praise God, man. 
I, I'm hoping that this is just serving to encourage hearts, you know, uh, of, of who Jesus Christ is for us. He's our liberator, y'all. He's our liberator. The Bible says in John chapter 8, verse 31, 32, says, so Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly my uh, disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. The truth that you know will make you, tr- make you free. He's our liberator. He, he has freed us from the grips of sin. That's another thing. You know, man, we are no longer slaves to sin. We are no longer bound to sin as uh, 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 Christians, but we have been set free because of what Christ has done. John chapter 8, verse 34 and 36 to 36. Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. So if the son makes you free, then what? You will be free indeed. Man, we don't have to walk around here bound. You know, a portion of what I talked about last night, and, I'm, and I want to do some shows about this. I, I talked about purity and I specifically talked about pornography. See, that's an issue that, you know, it's a sensitive thing. Uh, it's a thing that's associated with shame because it's sinful. But, man, there are so many battling uh, in the, the church, so many men and women battling with addiction to pornography. Man, but the Scripture here tells us that we can be free and, and that there is deliverance. Through Jesus Christ. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. So if the son makes you free, you'll be free indeed. We are no longer bound. And we have to understand that. We have to realize that. We have to understand what what has been bought for us, that we don't have to remain in our sin. We don't have to remain in our sin that we should not remain in our sin. Christ has paid the price. He has come in and he has saved us and we are free. The Bible says in Luke chapter 4, verse 18 to 21, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he was quoting uh, Isaiah because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set Free those who are oppressed to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. He has come to set us free. We don't have to be bound to whatever addiction may be out there, whatever it is. It's paid for. It's paid for. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13 through 15. It says, when you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. So, man, 
He is our liberator. A couple more, then I'll just go right to the phones. He is our intercessor. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 34, who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died. Yes, rather, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God? Who also intercedes for us? Y'all, he's our high priest. He's our savior. He's our liberator. He's our intercessor. All of this, he's our propitiation, our advocate. How can we lose? How can we lose? And not only this, and not only this, the Bible says that Christ intercedes for us on our behalf, but also that the Holy Spirit intercedes. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So we have Christ interceding. We have the Holy Spirit interceding. And I won't get all into all the other things that the Holy Spirit does who lives inside of us the helper, the teacher, the one who will lead us into all truth. Look, we have too much ammunition on our side to lose. I'm sorry. We can't lose. We have too much ammo. And so when we're walking around here in a defeated uh, uh, mindset, when we're walking around here like, man, you know, the world is heavy upon us, we need to remember who we are in Christ. We need to remember who we are in Christ. Too much ammunition for us to be defeated. And I'll stop right there. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Let's first go to Keith in Michigan. Hi, Keith. Hi. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, Hearing the Word of God is always a refreshing spring uh, to my soul. Uh, I'll tell you, there's two books that I'd like to point out, and it has to deal with the spiritual warfare that you and your wife talked about. One was um, This Present Darkness. I don't know if you yes. remember hearing or reading that. Yes. Frank Peretti's. Um, and just seeing a descriptive, obviously it's fiction because we have no idea what it looks like in the spiritual world. Right. But the way I tell my kids, I said, we are living in a mirror, dark. We are in a very... In, in the shadow of the real world is the spiritual world. And so if you look at in a, in dimensional ways, see, I, I come from a mathematical physics background. Yeah. And there's a, thing, there's a book that's called Flat World. So three-dimensional looking in two-dimensional, it's flat. So fourth-dimensional looking in a three-dimensional. We, our world is, a spirit, is the shadow of the spiritual world. And we are influenced by that. Yeah. And it was it's just amazing and it's it's a powerful place that is hard to comprehend. The other book that I was thinking about is called Divine Romance. Okay. And it's a beautiful book about the love affair that God has with his people and just seeking and searching and wanting to have that love romance relationship with us and always seeking for our, our our betterment and it's a beautiful book to to read 
Thank you so much, Keith. I appreciate that. And you're right, man. We are we can't see all that's happening in the spiritual realm, but there are things always happening, you know. And I believe that God has assignments for angels. And I believe that there are things that are going on that we can't understand. That's why we see a lot of wickedness. Man, it's not the people, because the Bible clearly tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but there are other things at work. There's principalities and rulers and, and, and spiritual wickedness and high places and all those things. And so you're right on with that. So thank you for your call. Uh, let's go to Jacqueline in Tennessee. Hi, Jacqueline. Hello, Will. Hello. I love you guys, you and your wife. Thank you. Thank you so much. Will, you done summed it all up to me. You left me speechless. <laughs> all right. But I, I do I do want to touch on something. Yes, Jesus, when he said he paid it all, he paid it all. Don't people know that? When he went to the cross, he took it all. So why is there racism? Mm. It shouldn't be racism. He died. When he died, he died for us, all of us, not just one color, period. Amen. So I think people... They need to open the Bible. They don't know the word. That's why. Amen. They, they don't, they're looking for something. They need to look toward God. They looked at Jesus. He paid it all. They need to get that in their brain. Jesus paid it all. It's finished. That's it. Amen. That's it. Amen. So all this wickedness they're doing in the world, don't they know they got to stand before God? Judgment seat? It's coming one day. So they're going to be everything we say, everything we do, we're going to get a give account about everything that we say or do. We're going to... God going to judge us on that. So they That's need right. to repent Amen. and seek God and a seek his word, too. Amen. Thank so you. I love what you guys doing. Keep on preaching for the word of God. Thank you so much, Jacqueline. Because we, we are the hands and feet of Christ, period. Amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you so much for that. And you're right. I mean, some of the things that we are dealing with in the church, we should not be dealing with because, hey, Jesus has paid it all. If we follow the instructions of the word of God, some of the stuff we wouldn't even have to really deal with. We can deal with it on the level Christian to Christian, brother to brother. is already laid out in the Scripture. All right, let's take the last call. Uh, Scott in Louisiana. Hi, Scott. Hey, Will. Amen, amen, man, amen. That's everything you've been saying. Um, listening to you talking about who Christ is for those who are in Christ, and one of the encouragements that I've found in my walk of faith as I'm becoming more holy and more sanctified, not more saved, but... Uh, and reading the Word, studying the Word, and applying the Word is that idea that I am a new creation in Christ Jesus, kind of along the same lines of what you've been preaching about for the last half hour. Amen. It's realizing who I am, not my conditional experience, but, but jumping to my position that yes. I am a new creation, so I don't have to sin. And if I do, it's by choice. And it's mm. a clear rebellion against God, but, you know, praise God... Uh, he's faithful and just when we confess our sins. Amen. Uh, but that whole idea of, look, I know that we're sinners. We're saved sinners. But that sin does not have to uh, control my life. Um, I don't have to walk with the views of the world. I can speak my voice. I can stand firm in the faith. Amen. And it's because I'm realizing who God made me to be. And real quick, if, if I'm born a boy... I will grow in to be a man. Now. And thank you so much, Scott. I had to leave it there, man, because we were running out of time. But, but God bless you. I hope everyone was encouraged by who Jesus Christ is for us. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.